child component to have different behavior? Sorry, you're going to? No. Behavior, right? In this case, this component, this component's behavior is almost completely determined by the attributes that you pass in the HTML. Welcome back to Code Burst. My name is Henry Kron. This podcast began with an investigation into a free coding boot camp known as Mind Minds. At the beginning, it was very difficult for me to fully grasp who they were. On the one hand, they looked great on paper. They were retraining out-of-work coal miners for a job in the tech industry in southwest Pennsylvania and West Virginia. They were helping out an underserved community. The two co-founders had quit their jobs and lived off their savings to do it. But there was also a lot of suspicious activity going on. The co-founders said they never received federal grants. They did. They said that every one of their graduates got a job, some didn't, and many students had expressed having issues with the program. Two had even filed a class action lawsuit against them. I'd initially hoped that lawsuit would have progressed by this point, but it hasn't, and the investigative process has largely stalled in that sense. So for this episode, I decided to take a bit of a left turn. Instead of looking into Mind Minds, a very particular and unique type of coding bootcamp, I paid a visit to a different one here in Montreal. So my name is Kevin Corey, founder of a company called Decode Montreal. Uh, essentially, we're a coding bootcamp located physically here in Montreal. We've been here for close to four years now. Decode diverges from Mind Minds in several key ways. First, they're a for-profit business. They charge for their instruction. They don't have a mandate to serve a certain community, etc. Second, they don't welcome everyone with the promise that anyone can learn to code. Instead, they vet each application. The students they accept already have some knowledge of programming. Third, Decode bases their instruction in JavaScript while MindMind starts with Ruby. The two boot camps, however, also share some similarities. They're both geared towards getting their learners hired and include some kind of post-course job guarantee. At MindMinds, they promise to hire successful grads for an apprenticeship-type period working for the for-profit consulting arm of the business. At Decode, they promise that if their graduates haven't found a job in the tech industry within six months, they'll refund their tuition. This episode is not intended to serve as an indictment or an endorsement of either coding bootcamps mentioned. Instead, I hope to give listeners a general idea of what could be considered a more typical program. True, one might argue that a typical coding bootcamp doesn't even exist. They're all so different. But this is a broader look at the process of retraining for a job in the tech industry. To begin, the learners at Decode are a fairly diverse group. Yeah, uh, my name's Richard. Uh, so I've been doing this bootcamp for three weeks now. I was uh, a cook for many years, and then I worked in an environment with very bottom-level uh, job. I, w- I was always interested in computers. Uh, it was always a hobby of mine. Uh, I was coding on the side during my lunch breaks, so never really had money. I always wanted to go to school, didn't get that chance. Um, and so boot camps were kind of, you know, a good alternative, right? Uh, it's a lot of money up front, but if it works out, it, it's worth it. Uh, I had coworkers come to me and they were like, hey, if you're doing this on your lunchtime, you should totally like, go in that field. Uh, my name is Allie, and I'm a student at Decode Montreal. I'm actually a musician, and I've also studied uh, audio engineering, and I worked at Recording Arts Canada. 
Um, so I was becoming more and more familiar with digital audio workstations and tools like Melodyne and stuff like that. And I just got really curious about how they're built. So this is kind of my first step towards hopefully going down a path of uh, music software development eventually. I have a technical background. I, I did my undergrad in uh, chemical engineering. And then uh, I um, spent a little bit of time uh, looking for work and, uh, and seeing different, you know, doing, doing a little bit more research uh, as to what was out there for chemical engineers in Canada. Uh, and, you know, as a new grad, this was a really good opportunity to get a lot more technical exposure, to see what the industry was like, to see what the industry really needs. Uh, and, uh, you know, for, fast forward four years, brings me here. I was born in Quebec. Okay. But uh, I'm living in Montreal. Actually, my office was 50 feet away. <laughs> I was building at that time, like two years ago, I was building a startup uh, with another guy. Uh, the other guy was decoder and I was the rest, <laughs> basically. And uh, those guys, uh, the teacher was passing by my office all the time and get along and start have to be friends. And uh, one day I just decided to code myself. Richard Bonneau, Ali Newman, someone who wishes to remain anonymous, and Nicolas Dupere. While the learners at Decode were a pretty diverse bunch, they all seem to have one thing in common. Oh, it's so intense. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the most difficult thing I ever did in my life after my son. I'm not that good, so I'm here at 9 in the morning and at home at 10 at night. When you learn on your own, you only do, you, you get to a, a breaking point and then you have enough. With boot camps, you really, you're encouraged to push yourself. I've been learning so much more because of that. Because coding can get really frustrating. The scary part for me, like signing up to this in the first place was just the time commitment, you know, cause like when you look online, they're like, oh, we are gonna have you here from 10 a.m. until 9 p.m. every day. <laughs> You know, when my brain was like, that's a long time to be in the same place. I've actually been um, a street musician and a performer for the past five years, so uh, just trusting that I would be capable of like learning something new that has nothing to do with music was terrifying. Coders coming out of Mind Minds also told me about how much of a time commitment it was and how hard the program could be. But here's a key difference between the two coding boot camps. Decode learners had to pass an application process before they got in. It comes down to making sure people are employable at the end of the day. Um, our course is only eight weeks long, and it's tough. Like, it is really, really tough. And if we don't have this admissions process and we just say anybody can come in and take our course, there's a lot of people that will quickly find out, you know, one or two weeks into the course that coding is not what I thought it was, and or this is a lot more difficult than I thought it was, or I really don't enjoy this, and they will they will drop out, or they won't be happy, or they will feel like they wasted time and money, and in order to avoid that, we have this application process. 
And by making people write a fair amount of code before joining the course, it ensures that they know what coding is, what it entails, the amount of work that goes into it, um, the difference between front end and back end. And, and just seeing like a language like JavaScript at the basic level, you know what you're going to be working with on a daily basis. One thing that I've touched a lot on in Codeburst is how difficult it is to trust any coding boot camp. Many for-profit educators of any stripe in North America have a long history of fraud. And then, with the current sophistication of digital marketing, something can look really good as a website or on social media, but that's not necessarily a reflection of its quality. Many people don't realize this, but in higher education, it's quite common for a for-profit school to spend more on advertising and marketing than they do on actual instruction. Going with any coding bootcamp is going to involve some kind of leap of faith. One thing about Decode Montreal is that it has a more established online presence than MindMinds. It's been in operation longer, and it's easy to find their graduates on LinkedIn. And the learners I spoke to picked up on this. Do you do some research on different coding boot camps before you came here? I did, yeah. Like House Labs, uh, Hacker U was a really big uh, contentment that I was that I was considering just because it was started by one of my favorite organizations in the whole world, is Canada Learning Code or Ladies Learning Code, um, and this was like a baby of of that organization. So Hacker U was a really big one, and then also like House Labs uh, was another con contentment, but. Um, um, Decode Montreal was, uh, uh, was what I went with just because of, of its location. The location is what kept the, the, the location, skills for you. Yeah, the location, the review, the, uh, the reviews that I read online were really, really positive. So both of the, those, two, those two things. You know, it's really difficult to judge based on just the website what, it is, what's, what it's going to be. So I... Um, Content-wise, like I didn't really choose between which languages that I wanted to learn. Whether it was Ruby, which is what Lighthouse Lab is very, really, really, really heavy on, versus JavaScript. Like it was, it wasn't really a decision between those those two languages. It was more like, well, where where would I like to end up? And it was Montreal. And uh, um, what kind of post-career services did they provide? Which the review said was like very, very intensive. Thanks to Kevin and his team. I found that there was an overwhelming amount of good reviews. So at first, I was a little bit suspicious because everything I would find was very positive. Uh, but then, as I looked deeper and deeper, the only like I would only find positive reviews. The only thing that I would find that was negative is if you don't put in the work, it's not going to work out. So you you have to put the, put in the work, uh, which makes sense. How did I hear about it? Oh, right. Uh, so the first coding experience I ever had was not even six months ago. Um, I went to Ladies Learning Code, which is like a one-day workshop kind of thing where you just learn like HTML, CSS. Um, and a lot of the mentors there for Ladies Learning Code were actually um, pretty recent like Decode graduates, and they really seemed to know their stuff. So I heard about it that way. And, um, yeah, started reading more about it, and it became a new goal to pass the entry exam. Did you look at any other coding boot camps before you chose this one? Um, I looked at a few just to see like how much the prices are, um, like in the United States, and like how long the program is and stuff like that. But uh, 
Yeah, I had heard such good things about this one from um, other friends that do web design that, yeah, I kind of knew it would be this one. So, yeah, reviews can be helpful, but they're still just a place to start. Plenty of businesses pay for reviews and use other ways of deceiving their potential customers. So, so I guess the question is, how can you trust the information you're reading online that's favoring these boot camps? Like, how do you know it's reputable? Yeah, that's a, yeah, exactly. Well, I think your research starts online, but it doesn't have to remain there. Yes, people can be paying for fake reviews. Uh, I don't believe that's the majority of coding boot camps. I think 99% plus of the reviews out there are, are real from real students who are actually happy. Um, but there's ways to verify that. And you see who's posting these, these reviews. You see their names. Often they're, they're linked to LinkedIn accounts uh, or GitHub profiles or, or some sort of real presence online which you can then click through, see where this person works, see who they are, send them messages, and you can do that to 10, 20, 30 people and hear them out and hear about their experience and ask real people questions. And at some point, I'm pretty sure you're gonna be okay. So real people did this course, real people are satisfied. Um, I'm not under the impression that this is fake anymore. They're going to tell you how it was from a, a student's perspective, what they went through. They're going to be real about it. Um, and, and I think that's the best way to go about it. And I see that in a lot of our actual students before joining the course, that's what they do. They, they first, they come in, they meet the teachers, they meet the staff, they see the space, and they, they just get a feel for it. And then they go on LinkedIn and they look at our alumni, which is very easy to find. You type in Decode MTL or whatever boot camp you're, you're thinking of joining, and they're going to have a page where you could just see all the alumni. You could see where they're working, what they were doing before. You could send them messages, and half of them might not respond to your messages, but the other half will. And then you could kind of just get a feel from those people how their experience was and make a more informed decision. In the early days when the sector was just getting started, there were a lot of businesses who didn't really represent their data very well. Specifically, a lot of companies would publish stats saying that 99% of their graduates got jobs in the tech industry within a given period of time. However, it soon became clear that these guys weren't being completely forthcoming about their statistics. I asked Kevin if you'd ever come across the Flatiron School, a coding boot camp based in New York City that has recently faced some scrutiny for overrepresenting its student success rates. So I'm not 100% familiar with what happened, but I am familiar with boot camps misrepresenting the data of their graduates. So, so saying they have a 95% or 100% employment rate when in fact they don't. But the way they were doing that is just by kind of saying that a certain percentage of their graduates didn't actually qualify to be in that data for, for whatever reason. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a shady practice and a lot of boot camps were doing it. 
But ever since that kind of came to fruition, I think a lot of people or a lot of companies are trying to be a little bit more open about how they collect the data. So, so I think what I'm trying to say is people need to be cautious about the data. That's why actually a decode, I don't publish the data right now. I'm collecting it, but I, I'm very careful about publishing it because I don't want people to take it the wrong way. Um, I want to make sure I collect it properly, make sure it's audited by a third party. I have to tell everyone how it was collected. And I'm trying to actually keep it simple. When I do, I do plan to, to publish it. And when I do, I'm just going to include everybody um, that has ever joined our course and did you get a job or not. Whether you were looking for a job or not, you're going to be included. And, and that's just going to be the easiest way to go about it. Kevin tipped me off to the Council on Integrity and Results Reporting, or CIRR for short. They're an independent organization that investigates coding boot camps and their success reporting. So if you've seen their logo or their name on a coding boot camps website, it's a pretty good chance that they're the real deal. I asked Kevin a few other questions about coding boot camps and he had some interesting things to say. It's, it's really hard to say what the future holds. Right now, this is a great career path. In the future, things are going to change. You will need to reskill probably again or take these coding skills and apply them to new, to new languages, new tools, new frameworks. So you're for sure going to have to relearn something anyways. While it may seem too good to be true, I think the reality is that coding boot camps are doing a really good job at placing a lot of their students and you don't have to take the word of the coding boot camps on that. You can read their reviews online. Uh, the students are writing tons of reviews. They're posting YouTube videos. So you need to do your research uh, and make sure that the school that you're interested in is actually reputable. But it's, it's really not too good to be true because if you just look at the alumni and the people coming out of the schools, they're, they're quite successful. Um, but that's not to say that all you need to do is register, sit in the class, and hope for this amazing new career and this amazing future. It's a lot of work. It's not for everybody. Um, you really have to be passionate about it. You have to put in the time, the effort. You have to do the research beforehand, afterwards. The job search is tough. Like, it's not... If it sounds too good to be true, it's because you're not really looking at all the work and all the details and the time and the, and the money and all that commitment that goes into it. You're just looking at it from, oh, so all I need to do is pay the X amount of money and in, in, in X amount of weeks, I'm this developer with this crazy new job. No, that's not, that's not the reality. You have to actually put in the work and that's how you're going to get to this sort of great career path. Cool. Well, um, what are we at here? We're past 20 minutes. Um, do you want to just do a sign off and wrap it up? Uh, sure. So, so I just want to add uh, sort of, sort of one last point. Um, in, in the media and the news and, and it's kind of all the talk, everybody should learn to code, right? Um, we want to implement it in schools at elementary, high school levels. Um, we, we want everyone to have basic digital skills. Um, and I think that's great. Everybody, to an extent, should know what coding is, what it can do. But when it comes to things like coding boot camps, I think people need to understand that 
coding as a career move is not for everybody. You know, it's like if I want to know how to use a camera and just kind of play around with a camera, you know, maybe I'll watch a, a video online and, and just get comfortable with it, but I'm not going to go pay an enormous amount of money for a very intensive course just, just to learn the basics of how to use a camera and, and with no intention of becoming a photographer. So I think coding boot camps are, you know, for a certain set of people that have a clear goal in mind and not for everybody that just wants to learn to code just to know the basics. There's other ways to go about doing that. So people need to kind of understand that distinction as well as to why we charge the prices we do, um, why it's so intensive. Um, it's because it's for a certain person to achieve a certain goal and it's not necessarily for a hobbyist or someone who just wants to learn the basics. There's other ways to do that. been listening to Code Burst. I'd like to give a big thank you to everyone at Decode Montreal who participated in this episode, especially Kevin Corey, the co-founder of the Coding Bootcamp. All the music you heard throughout was played by the artist who is currently performing under the name Bloom. His real name is Daniel Monkman, and he's going on tour throughout eastern Canada this summer. You should see if he's coming to a spot near you. If you're not in the area, you should check him out on Instagram at bloom underscore music, capital I, capital I, or maybe capital L, capital L. I can't tell from right here. This has been a uh, co-production of eLearning Inside and CKUT 90.3 FM. My name is Henry Kronk. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>